great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. That's my point, okay? I just turned 30 last May, and there's no cool birthdays until you get to like 121, then you prove something to people. You ever notice that? When, when, when people turn like over 100, everybody wants to know how they got to be that old. I'll be like, how did you get to be 109 years old? I read about a lady in Indonesia, she swallowed, she's like, well, I swallowed a teaspoon of Vaseline before bed every night. <laughs> what does that do? Besides lubricate your throat, lady. <laughs> Call me. Uh, <laughs> But this is the thing, if I ever get to, be, get to be that old, I'm gonna make up some crazy shit just to mess with people. Right? Because they're gonna ask, they're gonna be like, how'd you get to be 111 years old there? And be like, man, it's a good story, sit down. Every morning before breakfast, I like to take a little bit of hot sauce and smack it on my bones. <laughs> it makes me feel so alive. I'm like, holy shit. That guy's got a good morning lineup, you know what I mean? That's like sticking your, your balls in an anthill. It's like, Whoa! oh my god, it's better at Starbucks. I'm ready to go. Show up to work, invigorated, right? What happened? Tabasco nuts, boss. Tabasco nuts, man. Where are those TPS reports? I'm ready to go. Whoa. It's going to be awesome. Did you do some cocaine? Yeah, I did that too, but whatever. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week I have uh, Darren Moore. Darren, how you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Good, good. So, uh, what's new with you? Um, I just got back to LA uh, two days ago. Um, I was in uh, Rome and then uh, drove up through Italy into France. So I was in Europe for about six weeks yeah. with my dad. Was this a, like a father-son type of trip? Yeah. So so last year we had this like agreement. I I, um, I got off of a contract job that I was on for like the majority of the year, maybe like ten months, and then um, we had planned this Australia trip because we always had the ability to, to travel. <laughs> People hate me when I tell them. My dad was an airline pilot, so we get travel benefits. So yeah. what, the, what we have to pay on the ticket is, is really not much. Um, so we, we went to Australia for like a month last year, and then we decided uh, we want to do something every year just because, I don't know, you just know, never know how much time you have with your, your loved one. So uh, yeah. I went to Rome to visit a friend that I met in Australia last year, and I was out there for like 10 days before my dad got out there with me. So it was kind of cool. Did you, uh, <clears throat> did you love the sightseeing? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big history guy. I don't know. Are you into history at all? I am. I'm, a, I'm from Greece, too, so I used to live in Greece. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Is this like a PG-13 podcast, or like, can I say what I want? Or you like... can say whatever you want. Okay. All right. Just look. Not that I want to focus on that, but if I let one slip, I won't. Yeah. No, it's okay. No. All right. So, uh, fucking crazy about history. No, I, I love history. So, uh, ancient Rome is just like everywhere you, like you trip on history. It's, it's amazing. Um, a a big problem there is when, uh, for contractors, if they're going to build something, there's a lot of different permits because when they dig down, they almost always find, uh, ruins from, from ancient times. And it's like, it's just fascinating. So yeah. 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 It's the same thing in Greece too. Every time they dig something, they'll find something. Yeah, exactly. You know, but the nice thing about Rome right now, it's it's not quite as bankrupt as Greece. So Correct. It's not... Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> no, I just. Um, 
So where are you where are you originally from? Thank you. Uh, originally from New Jersey, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from uh, South Jersey, near near Philadelphia. So I grew up a Phillies fan and uh, a little bit of Eagles, but yeah, um, South Jersey, born and raised. And I went to school in Florida after high school, and then um, <clears throat> that's when I started doing uh, stand comedy. Was when I was a senior. I didn't really want, know what I wanted to do, so I got four different internships. Um, I senior like my last semester because i procrastinate and uh i one of them was at a comedy club so i i kept going i'll never forget the i think the first guy i ever saw on stage was this guy named patrick garrity he's another one that would be a great get for your podcast um he's a road dog like he's been traveling like seemingly nonstop for like probably 10 15 years and uh he brought me on stage. No, he didn't bring me on stage for the first time. Another guy, Ian Gatowski. But anyway, all this happened in Orlando, Florida, which is a great place to start comedy. Um, you got like Daniel Tosh. You got, you know, Larry, the cable guy. I mean, there's a lot of people that have kind of grown out of that area. Yeah. Oh, and of course, Preacher. Preacher Lawson. Yep. He was gonna, America's Got Talent. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what made you get into stand-up comedy? Was there, like... Uh... One day you just decided you were going to go on stage and try it? or uh, When I was a kid, I I used to um, – oh, you just fuck around constantly. Yeah, I was I was always uh, doing things to make other people laugh. And now that I, I look back completely honestly, I think it was uh, to, to kind of like – like it was like a defense mechanism because I, I wasn't particularly outgoing. But I learned early that if I could make someone laugh, then they would it would just ease and make everything a little easier. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people figure that out. <clears throat> so I was always fucking around, and then I started getting suspended for it. But then one of my teachers gave me a minute, like on a Friday, in front of the class to just speak, like free freestyle off the top of your head. And so she gave everyone this opportunity, but I kind of took it upon myself to make it into a you know, bring like a character into it and start fucking around. And I don't know. I think that's the first experience I ever had. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah. Like making people laugh on purpose and on a stage setting, you know? Yeah. So when I started uh, doing it in, in Orlando, you know, just like any other area, start doing open mics and you start doing some guest spots here and there and you host for a middle, little bit, then you middle and then, you know, kind of worked my way up in this small chain called Bonkers. I don't know if you're familiar with Bonkers? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so um, Joe Sanfilippo and, and Margaret Sanfilippo, they, they own that place, and they're always uh, kind of, I think, I guess they kind of gave me every opportunity I had. But yeah. Do you do you remember the first time you went on stage? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't one of those people that was real good at first. Some people, uh, I guess everybody's kind of like that, but. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was 2005, I want to say. The guy, Ian Gatowski, who's still my good friend, Canadian guy, brought me on stage for the first time. And, of course, you bring your friends out because you always tell them, like, hey, guys, I'm going to do, uh, do stand-up tonight. And then you, you realize that you think you're going to do stand-up, but you're not doing stand-up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody does stand-up until you complete, like – a structured joke otherwise other than that if you don't have a setup punchline you know type you know at least it, it, until you're funny i guess yeah and that's not being i don't know i guess you're i don't know what i'm saying 
that doesn't make sense. Do you, uh, how did you do the first night you went on stage? Um, I think everybody has that like little beginner's luck thing. I remember like the first couple times it not being terrible. And then I remember going through a, uh, a dark, a dark age where I would, I would go to the open mic on a Tuesday night, <clears throat> and uh, Wednesday night or Wednesday morning, I'd wake up kind of depressed because I'd remember how I did the night before, and uh, you know, you don't want to do something poorly. Yeah, no one ever does, so, so, so I would do that over and over. What's that? Yeah, as I was gonna say, like, so you, so if you bomb set on a Tuesday night, would you try the same set Wednesday night somewhere else? No, I would uh, constantly change it. No, and I, I would I would continue to switch it up, which I think maybe was part of the problem because sometimes you'll you'll bomb with if you go up with a, a a premise that you're really proud of and at least some sort of structure, and you're like you know this feels like such a funny premise, and the initial the initial joke is, is so much expectation for you because you build it up in your mind so much, and then you try that on like let's face it there are just shit nights there are just shit nights especially at open mics you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's very hard to gauge the success of how a bit's going to be at an open mic with 30 guys who are only thinking about their own open mic set you know yeah so you get in so it's it's possible to get into like a pattern of of dismissing stuff that is probably going to wind up being pretty good and then you just running through premises and and structures and things and then before you know it, like you got all this shit that hey, there was there was gold there. If you look back later on, you're like, fuck, that was funny. Yeah. What do something with that? Because I do that shit all the time. I'd be like, fuck, this was really funny. Um, who are some of your comedy influences for like comedians? <laughs> um, I love Bill Burr. I mean, I, I just, I guess when you after you've been doing, I think a lot of people would say this. I think um, after you've been doing this a certain amount of time, and I guess it's probably different for everybody, but. You know, if you've been doing stand-up for 10 years plus, you're probably not cracking up when you look at, watch stand-up comics on TV. Maybe you are. Maybe you're, like, one of those people, like, easy, easy to laugh. But I, I think most of the guys I know and, and see, it, it takes a, a bit. And Bill Burr, for some reason, he's just, he's fucking, he's dark. Like, he's he's everything that I think is funny, you know? Yeah. Um. And he just does it so well, and he's got—he's just gotten better over the years. So he's my constant, you know. Yeah. Do you any other ones that you enjoyed watching? <laughs> yeah, Eric Andre is a lunatic. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's funny. He just uh, and oh, and Theo Vaughn's gotten really, really weird and really, really funny. Like he's got—he's—he's he's really kind of sculpted his own style very well. Um, another weird guy that I really love his style is Kirk Fox. Um, very quirky. And once again, like he's got a dark quality to him that just, (laughs) he pulls off so well. Uh, as far as like guys I know, like that I came up with, Eric Myers is always, he's murders. I don't know if you've had him. No. He's just, he's, uh. Eric's a legend for both good and bad reasons. Uh, the infamous Eric Myers, uh, but I love him. He's a great guy, and uh, he struggles with some things. But he's a beast on stage, and I've never met anyone that has his laugh per minute kind of ratio. You know, and then of course, like you know, my buddy Preacher's great, and he he's really. Oh, I have a funny story about Preacher. Um, so 
I've known Preacher for probably about six, seven years. And, uh, you know, of course, we all bust each other's balls. Like, I, you know, you leave a comment on someone's Instagram page or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even think anything of the fact that he's got, like, 113,000, like, loyal fans now. And he posted a picture of him next to this, uh, this billboard advertising him in America's Talent Show. And he said something like, yeah, we sold out. And so I was just sarcastically put... Bro, you're not even on the, you're not even headlining. What are you so proud for? <laughs> like sarcastically, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just for, forgot about it. And then uh, this just made me laugh so much. Uh, about 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes later, I checked my phone and uh, oh my, oh, I got like 14 messages on Instagram. <laughs> I must have picture, posted a picture recently. No, it wasn't a picture. It was like borderline death threats from his fans. Like, you're not even on the billboard. What are you? What are you talking? You loser! I was just like, what? What the one? The one funniest one. I gotta look this one up. Um, it it was like a guy like actually threatened to beat me up. I was just like, wow, we're at a different point now than we were when I was a kid. Yeah. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. I- CBS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with the baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God. Is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time world champion, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to my main man, the man with a plan, Elias, on Man Cave Chronicles. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! <laughs> and Preacher, he's funny. He's like very animated and everything. He's hilarious. He's really good. And he's very, very likable. Like Preacher is like, you just you meet him and he, he's got this smile. It lights up a room and you're just like, all right, yeah, you can watch my baby. That's cool. Yeah. He's just, uh, you know what I mean? He's got that quality about yeah. him. I tune into that show just for stand-up comedy and magic. I don't really care yeah. about this. I don't care about the singers or the dancers and stuff like that. It's like, I think stand-up comedy and, and magic is like, I don't know, a hard talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and they always have these like these heartfelt stories and stuff that you I mean you got to have the whole package. You got to be, you got to not just be a good performer on that show. You have to be a good reality yeah. uh, personality. You know what I mean? Like your your story and who you are. You have to sell yourself. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is, but once you have that that crowd base, they are so loyal and so like preachers selling out shows all over the place because he's. He's clean. His stuff is good. It's yeah. it's relatable, and it's good on TV. Like it's just 
this is this is really just the beginning for him. I I, I promise you, mark my words, it's gonna be he's gonna be huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, he seems like the type of guy you'll see him have a special on Netflix soon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. I think that's well within the realm of possibility for maybe a year. Like maybe not even. He's doing like colleges, and he's doing. Um, I think he did a theater show. And and all of his he's doing a rooms improvs and such and he's selling them out. It's great. Yeah. It's really it's really um, fun to watch somebody that you're close to go through that. You know? Plus, I think America's Got Talent does a a tour after it ends too. Mm-hmm. Like their yeah. top ten or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's probably I think that's what this this show was that I I commented. And this one guy here, I looked it up. Uh, he goes, uh, I'll slap yo puss ass. Come for my homeboy. I'll make your life hell though. Do your thing, Jay. Happy to see you. <laughs> he just threatened my life, and then he's like, yo, do your thing, Jovan. I'm like, okay, all right. Did, this you, re- one, did, huh? did you respond back to him? No, well, I respond back to, like, all of them because they were, like, literally, like, 15 angry comments. Yeah. So I was just like, hey, guys, I'm friends with them. It was, I think he t- took it the wrong way because I'm not trying to, like, spread negativity on his page because he's exactly. got a very, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this one goes... I don't see your stupid ass in the poster. You ain't even on your mom's phone. I was like, oh. You know, <laughs> my mom doesn't know how to put a screensaver on her phone. Right. My, so that's, I know. It's like I bought my mom an iPhone, and yeah. every time I go there, I always have to fix something because she doesn't know what she's doing. My mom's got a Motorola Razor, probably. <laughs> my dad just got an iPhone 7 last year, and so that's been fun teaching him how to use that. Yeah, but if he could fly a plane, he should be able to figure that out. That you know what? I have a bit that goes exactly like that. Like he can literally send four hundred people in real life, like three thousand miles, four thousand miles to Japan, but he can't send an email from his phone. I swear to Christ, that's the truth. <laughs> Amazing. Do you? Yeah. Um, so now you live in L.A. and you. What are some of your favorite clubs that you perform at in L.A.? Um, I, I do shows at the comedy store once in a while. I'm not really in with, um, the, uh, the factory yet, the laugh factory. Um, but there's, you know, comedy store sometime, independent shows around town. I'm doing this one on Tuesday at this place. When are you going to release this again? In a few weeks. Oh, okay. You know, forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, and then there's a, the, um, what's it called? There's a show in um, Santa Monica every once in a while. It, it, it goes through like phases. It's really, really regular, and then it'll, it'll hold it off. But um, it's called the Promenade Playhouse. That's really fun. And then also the uh, West Side Comedy. That's that's a great room. Have you uh, have you done in, like any tours around the country? Or are you just um, staying in mostly yeah. California? Well, when I was living in Florida, I was, to be honest with you, doing it a lot more. Um, when I moved out here. Uh, I it's just harder to get paid gigs, so I was like doing paid gigs in either uh, Vegas or um, Arizona, and and going quite a ways. And then I also I work in TV too, so I started working in television. And then uh, stand up has kind of, I guess right now become more of a hobby for me. But um, just recently. You know, I, I was on that trip, and I was just like, fuck, I'm getting so many good ideas for stand-up. So I'm just like, I need to to do more, you know, just do more in the city. Just do more. That's just me being. Uh, <laughs> so what else have you been working on? Um, 
I so I got here in, in 2013, and I did some extra stuff and like bit parts and things, and then I got into casting for like um, like I said unscripted TV, and then that um, related into a job in in production. So I worked on a show last year called Where Are They Now on the Oprah Winfrey Network, and um, I got to kind of interview and produce uh, little mini documentaries on people from the past. So like uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Naughty by Nature, um, a lot of musicians like that. <clears throat> also actors. It was for the Oprah Winfrey Network, so a lot of um, – you know, people who had been on her show and shit like that, yeah. which was fucking, it was awesome. It was, it was really probably outside of stand up, the most gratifying and fun job I had creating something. So after that, I've had a couple of jobs here and there, like smaller production jobs, but that's kind of, I, I really want to combine, you know, my love for comedy with my love for, you know, documentary filmmaking. So, um, I took a, ton of footage um from my trip in in rome and, and france and stuff and i'm editing that into a um kind of like a, i guess kind of a comedic travel vlog you yeah. know what i mean yep it's most travel vlogs i see and they have this you know maybe like cute millennial with this inspirational music of them flying and I don't know. It's it's all the same, I guess. Yeah. So, I, uh, I watched some of your videos you had on Instagram when you were doing like an Italian guy in Rome. And... Yeah, the porno Picasso, which is one of my favorite characters. Like, okay, so another thing in addition uh, <laughs> to um, stand up and then TV production, like me and my friends out here, we always you know messing around with make, making digital content and. One of the characters I had, I had one day, I don't know if we were smoking, I was just like, you know what, the Porno Picasso would be great to just go down to Venice, there's all these artists that are doing caricatures and doing little sculptures of people, like, what if you just went up to people and drew them fucking each other? Like, do their likeness, and then, but like, the husband is like, boning and completely around the wife, <laughs> and you draw them on the same bicycles they're on, so they know it's them. And so I did it a couple of times in Venice and then I actually did it in Rome and uh, not as well received in Rome, surprisingly enough, but um, I, it's hilarious. I'm editing it together now because there's nothing like the look on a stranger's faces when you come up with like a, a drawing and you're like, oh, I already drew it. And they're like, oh, OK, we'll see. And then it's just like, you know, three businessmen like doing an Eiffel Tower on one dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and then, it's not safe. No one is safe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, you were doing like stories like it seemed like every every day I was when I was logging into Instagram, you had something up from Europe. Ah, oh, it was a, it was amazing. It was so yeah. fucking cool. I mean, I just sometimes it's, it's refreshing to feel out of your element and like um, in a completely new environment. It's just so so stimulating. Like everything from like uh, the cobblestone street to like the way they you know fucking pay for their you know vending machine shit you know what i mean it's just like oh this is different wow this is same way same same uh fucking result you know yeah as, as doing something but for instance all the apartments in rome we airbnb'd a couple places so the cabinet the um the cupboards over is over the sink 
and it has a built-in dry rack for after you wash your dishes. So you just put it in, and you don't have to like dry them on a dry rack and then put them in the cupboard. You just put them into the cupboard that has the rack. It's on the rack, and then it's open underneath, and just drip dries into the fucking sink. I'm like, Jesus Christ, these Italians. They're light years ahead of our <laughs> sink game. Like, it really blew me away. <laughs> the little things, you know? But they still don't, yeah, but then you see them riding donkeys because they can't get a car up a hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what is, uh, like, one of your favorite places you ever performed comedy? <clears throat> um, the, gosh, I would probably say any, the improv, man. Like, any any improv just is so, so good. Yeah. I, when I first started out, it was like a treat. Like, so we do these... <laughs> not shitty but like on certain nights yeah they can be really shitty like bar shows um kind of like b and c rooms that are like they're great to cut your teeth in but you know you get to a certain point and you don't want to be doing those rooms anymore so whenever we got the opportunity to do an improv show back in orlando or actually anywhere in florida because there's one in orlando tampa and then there used to be two in south florida and it might be i think there's one in tampa um one in anyway, there's two in in South Florida. One Fort Lauderdale, one in Miami, I think. I, I think the one in Miami isn't there. Anyway, um, so when you get to do uh, an improv, they just, I mean, it's amazing. It, you feel like a professional, like a real professional. Yeah. You know? Especially early on, and you get to do one of those rooms. It's so the West Prom improv is huge, and it's probably one of my favorite places. Do you um? So now you say you've done some voiceover work also, right? Yeah. Yeah, here and there. Yeah. What's a couple of those projects that you've worked on? Um, they've just been uh, commercials. I, I went. I took a voiceover class at Kalmanson and Kalmanson, which is here. In, uh, it's actually in Burbank, which is a suburb of L.A. And so I was working on a project. I haven't heard much about it in a little bit, but it was like an audio book. But instead of a, like a traditional audio book, the characters were read by a, like a character voiceover actor. So I did that. And um, I think maybe just one. I haven't been doing it that long. So it's more auditions than actual booking at this point. But yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's like a dream of mine to always have you know, done a character for a cartoon or something. I think that'd be great. Like a family guy type of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, you know? Now I could do a French man or I can do an Italian, you know? Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I always started uh, doing the voices of the Arnold and such like that. Like whenever my uncle calls, my dad would put me on the phone with him and I'd give him advices on bodybuilding and things like that, you know? Like just yeah, I yeah. I read it on your uh, website. You do some impressions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, do yeah. You think, what do you what do you think is your best one? Um, well, when he was in office, um, I used to do Barack Obama, and um, it, was, it was interesting um, the way it was received in the South because he was occasionally very popular, and then in that uh, same weekend he could be very unpopular. So. Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, 
Yeah, it was interesting. Mr. Obama. I would have, I mean, uh, do you ever mess around with people with your impression sometimes? Uh, I, I just, I, honestly, I fuck with people constantly. And, um, yeah, I guess on the phone when I was a kid, um, I, I used to do a joke about my, my dad, uh, cause he used to, he's, my dad is really spacey. Um, and he kind of like has this very Christopher Walken yeah. air about him. So they always used to, um, all the flight attendants, when he was an airline pilot, used to tell him he looked like, he looked like Christopher Walken. And, um, we were driving down the shore one time and, uh, there was a sign. It said it was a stop sign, and someone underneath it in graffiti, they wrote "Hammer Time." And like, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 36, so like, that's I right just, around. Yeah, I just turned 40, so I'm near you. So you remember, you know, MC Hammer. MC Hammer, yeah. Yeah, so like that shit was funny telling me, and then but my dad, like, he was obviously around during that. Scene. He just he had no clue. He just didn't know. And um, you know, so he's kind of like he, walking. He's like, "Who's this guy?" Hammer, and I was like, "Oh, Dad, but he's a musician in the '90s." He's like, "What songs did he sing? I want to hear one of the songs." <laughs> and I was like, "He was uh, he was a rapper, Dad." And I swear to God, he goes, "Oh, oh he's a he's a black guy." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> he's a black guy, Dad." And I was like, "I don't know." And then he he started asking him like if he was alive. He's like, "Is he dead? Is he alive? Or is he still here?" I was like, he's he's still dead, alive. I was like, why would you say that? I know a lot of those black rap stars getting gang fights and gang wars. Thought maybe he died, and like I'm I'm adding the walking voice, but this is almost verbatim the conversation. And then um, finally he he wraps up the convo and he's like, he's like, well, why is no one like him? I was like, why would you say, uh, why would you say that no one likes him? He says, stop hammer time and like. Like he read it literally, like we got to stop this guy, you know. <laughs> and it was just, that's yeah. one of my favorite stories about my dad. Uh, I mean, yeah, you would think that, you know, because like what happened to him? Because you know, he only had that one. How many hits did he have? One or two? Yeah, I don't and, know. Then he I just mean, then he just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went bankrupt, right? Yeah. And actually, I think he was in one of those type of shows, kind of like what you said about where are they now for like VH1 or something like that. Yeah, was he on one? Yeah, he I'm sure on, he, he was on one of those shows. I forget which one it was. Probably like behind the music. Where yeah, he, like, yeah, that's what it is. Wander everything and like. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Like, dude, uh, that must be like such a rough. <laughs> I think he was in some kind of like commercial. And it was like life comes at you fast, and he's like sitting on a curb with a foreclosure sign on his house. Yeah, and I think now he does a commercial. I think I saw him on a commercial recently. Yeah. He's yeah, like, I'm sure. You know, he's like, like he's like 60 years old dancing with those hammer pants. Yeah, if they're like mattress barn or some shit, he's just like, come on down, these posturepedic yeah. beds. Yeah. Like, MC Hammer, why is he walking in with a limp? Yeah. Um. So I do this little segment at the end of the show where it's called "What's Trending," and and uh, you know we just talk about it. There's really really one thing that I saw today that everybody was talking about on Twitter, and it's oh yeah. What did the TV show Seinfeld teach me? Uh, I, I would say not to trust your friends. Like, I think that was the over, you know what I mean? That was the, the common thread. Like, it was like Jerry trying to keep things from uh, Kramer because he didn't trust Kramer, you know, with his just 
unreliability and then George is just trying to slight everybody just because he's a creep and then Elaine is embarrassed with everything she does so she's trying to hide you know what I mean it's like everybody is just this round robin of white lies that holds them bonds them together you know but that was kind of the show yeah like I clicked on the link and it was pretty pretty much like you know just people talking about like the close talker episode do you remember that one wait which one the close talker oh yeah 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 it was the guy from uh Beverly Hills Cop there. What's his name there? Uh, uh, oh, my God. What was his name? I don't know. I can look it up. The Close Talker episode. But that, that's actually a good point because um, I feel like Seinfeld was so good. The show was so good at making you realize, realize things about yourself. So, you know, the Double Dipper episode. Yeah. You, you, Say like, oh shit, I do that once in a while, and maybe I shouldn't, yeah. you know. Or, you know, what's the big like? It, it got you, um, it got you on one side or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And made you think about it. It was Judge Reynolds. That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, pretty much every episode of Seinfeld is kind of like you can pipe somehow put a piece of your life into it. Like, oh yeah, that's happened to me, you know. Or yeah, it's like so good. Like uh, I, yeah. I can still watch it to this day over and over. Yeah, and I think that's probably why Jerry's so fucking rich. Is it's, it's probably in syndication in like almost every fucking. You could probably find it in Mumbai, you know, yeah. with yeah. a bad dubbing. <laughs> yeah. And uh... however, the final episode I really thought was I, I'll never forget. I, I tuned in. I was in, oh gosh, I was in high school, I think, and uh, I just remember being really disappointed. I was like, that wasn't that funny. No. But then, how do you do that? How do you finish a series like that? You know. And he's happy with the ending, actually. Is he? But they've asked Larry David, and Larry David was kind of, like, mixed about it. Yeah, I just I just felt it was... I remember thinking, knowing nothing I got about comedy, and still very little. <laughs> no, I felt it was, like, forced, you know what I mean? It didn't feel... Yeah. I remember at one point watching, like, Kramer trying to shake water out of his ear on the plane, thinking, like, eh, it just feels too sticky. Yeah. But... Hey, what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What so, about you? What did you learn from the show? What was the one thing you learned? Jeez, I don't know. It's tough to... I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I don't know. I'm, like, trying to think right now. Like, uh, <laughs> like one of my favorite episodes was the Soup Nazi. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know... And then, of course, the you know, like I said, the double dip. I'm actually going through Twitter right now where people are writing and says double dipped what are you talking about you know and the guy's like going off on him right here and, uh, yeah yeah it's it's one of those those things that people do pee in the shower my but uh preacher did a video about peeing in the shower because everybody does it you know it's kind of yeah. gross well, yeah. but who doesn't and if yeah. they don't i think they're lying exactly <laughs> all right so um how can uh, the listeners and comedy fans get a hold of you? Um, you can check out my website. It's uh, DarrenMoreComedy.com. And then um, there's a link to some clips on there. And uh, I think I have a page for my upcoming shows. I got it. I update it. But also, um, Instagram is, is Darren Seymour, D A R R E N C, and then M O R E. And you can find me if you Google that usually. I put the middle initial in there because, like, there's this really well-known, um, 
like six foot four black soccer player that has the same name. <laughs> and if you Google Darren Moyer, you're going to get him, some British, giant British guy. And that's not me. Are you, um, are you also on uh, Twitter? Yeah. Um, you know, most people say you should streamline all your handles, but uh, I'm not most people. So I'm comedian Darren on Twitter. I really need to um, probably just make them all the same. But comedian Darren on Twitter. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh... hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I was really uh, flattered and excited and, and a little confused as to, you know, why do you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, nec- well, next week I have the custodian for my job on here. So. Perfect. I needed to know that. I really did. That makes me feel a lot more comfortable with this. Yeah. 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 I think I could maybe be the episode that's maybe right below the custodian episode as far as quality yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well thanks for, like i said thanks for coming on and you know All right. a few months come back on we'll talk about what's going on yeah i would love to okay right.